Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys, I have an absolute legend in the space and the game. This man's been everywhere. He's been on Rogan. He's been all over the world. He's toured. He's, he spoke on numerous stages. He is a creative entrepreneur. The man, Zuby, is in the house. Welcome, my man. Respect, Welcome. bro. How you doing? Good um, to see mate, you. it's good. It's good to have you here. Good to... Good mate, this is a bit of a strange setup to me because this is not my apartment. I'm just renting it in Melbourne, but it's kind of we're running with it, running with it. Look, I suppose, mate, you've done so many different things and been in so many different verticals in in your career. Obviously, coming to the UK when you were a child, uh, and then growing up in Luton and being a rapper, an author. Where where do we even start with you? Like, give me a bit of a backstory for the audience in terms of your childhood and, and, and everything coming into the UK? Yeah, sure thing. So it was a little bit different from that, actually. Quite different from that. I was born in the UK. I was born in Luton, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Saudi Arabia, in the Middle East. I lived there for 20 years. So we went there when I was a baby. And I was in school there from kindergarten all the way up until fifth grade. When I was 11 years old, I went to boarding school back in the UK. So I was still living in Saudi Arabia. But during term time, I was at school in the UK. So I was at boarding school for seven years from 11 to 17. I did my GCSEs and A-levels. I did really well in those. I got into Oxford University. So I studied there for three years. I did a degree in computer science. And that's also where I started my music career. I released my first album when I was in my second year of university. And then I took a year out after I graduated when I was 20, took a year out did my music full-time for one year, released a second album, and just traveled around the UK selling my CDs on the street, just hand-to-hand sales. That's how I used to do it. And then I moved to London, and I worked in the city for three years. I wasn't, a, I wasn't in banking. I was a management consultant. Did that for three years, and then November 2011, I took the big leap, and I left my job. I left my job November 2011 and have been self-employed since then. So I was just a full-time music. I decided all that time and energy I was spending trying to juggle those different careers. Let me just focus more on my passion and this is it. I'm going to go off and there's a fork in the road in in life. And I was like, okay, I'm 24 years old. Let me go and pursue what I really want to be doing. And what was that specific passion that kind of lit you up enough to just pursue that one thing at the time? Sure. It was, it was music and it was knowing why I wanted to be an artist. So from when I really started making music, my goal has always been to positively inspire and motivate millions of people through my words and through my actions. And I thought all of that was going to just happen through music. 
Now, over the past few years, I've done a lot of things beyond my music. I started my own podcast, Real Talk with Zuby, as well as appearing on countless others. I've written two books at this point. I wrote a fitness book called Strong Advice in 2019. Um, and I put out my first children's book called The Candy Calamity earlier on this year. And there's going to be more books to come. I also started doing public speaking. I started to become popular in a lot of different circles and spheres. Yeah, from, you've done a lot of different verticals, haven't you? Yeah, there's a lot of different... Because um, it's uh, so hard <laughs> figuring out the intro for you. Because, yeah. because it's like... Uh, because like you speak into so many verticals, like your Twitter account goes off, you know, with, with all that with, you know, you're, you're a writer and everything. You really are a true, a true creative at heart. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's with you, it doesn't matter whether it's speaking or whether it's written word, you, you're, you're trying to educate and facilitate someone growing through something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, you're right. It confuses a lot of people because I think, you know, traditionally, and even in the modern day era, people are used to being able to really easily put people in boxes in various ways. And this goes for career as well. So if you do a lot of different things, it can kind of confuse people. They want you to just be a rapper or just be a doctor or just be this or just be that. So when you someone asks me what I do and I'm like, okay, I'm a rapper, I'm an author, I run a podcast, I do public speaking, I'm a coach. I do I do life coaching. I do fitness coaching. I'm a social media personality slash influencer, whatever some term someone wants to use. And there's going to be more. I'm actually going to be heading to LA in a couple of weeks to uh, <laughs> be in a, be in a movie. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a Go small on. there's a small independent independent. It's an independent movie. It's not yeah, some yeah, yeah. giant Hollywood production. But there's an independent movie some independent filmmakers who want me to, uh, to, to feature in their film. So I'll be adding, I'll be adding actor to it, um, to some degree as well. So, but my overall mission hasn't changed. The, the, the overall message of what I do has been extremely consistent over the past 15, 16 years. All that's happened is that the mediums and the verticals, as you said, have expanded. So I still do music. I'm absolutely still an artist and I, you know, I've put out nine projects at this point. How do you summarize that in a statement? You know, you said you had it so clear from when you started. Yeah. What, what's the summary statement of of the, of that vision for of you? the mission? Yeah, positively impact and inspire as many people as possible through my words and my actions. Yeah, I that's like my that. goal. Yeah, that's really my goal. Um, I can go. I can go deeper into what that entails and how that is coming to light, even with me being here in Australia, yeah, yeah, 10,000. Well, I, I said to you when you came in, I said, um, when I met you downstairs, I'm like, I can't believe you're in Australia because yeah. obviously you speak out a lot on the way the world's going mm -hmm. and how the world um, is disempowering people in a certain way. I, I, I'm trying to keep this in a, a PG way. Without, yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, try... The, the way the world's set up, it's like unless you educate yourself in certain environments, you're not going to win. Mm -hmm. And you try, from from what I see from the outside, you try and facilitate them, their critical thinking, yes. to allow them to see for themselves and think for themselves clearly. And that's one of the, the key things why I wanted you on here, because you're, you're, the way that you articulate yourself and the way that you allow people to uh, facilitate that internal conversation... To say, actually, do you know what? This is not right. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or because I think we go through life, Zuby, 
and we're taught an inherent set of programs by the age of seven years old from our parents. Agreed. That we're passed on, and then that's your programming. Mm-hmm. And some people never question their programming. Yes. And I think that's what you facilitate. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you noted that because that's a key part of it. I've said many times before, I don't want to tell people what to think, but I do want to tell people to think. I want to encourage thinking. I want to encourage dialogue. I want to encourage conversation for a whole host of reasons. And one of those, as you alluded to, is to empower individuals, empower individuals. I mean, I genuinely, I have a real genuine love for humanity. I wouldn't be able to do what I do on any level if I didn't really love people and want the best for everybody, right? I I want people to recognize how much potential they have within themselves, how much that each individual is capable of. We all have a different set of talents and experiences and different personalities. There's no two human beings in this world who are the same. But what's amazing about this life is there are millions of different games you can play, right? There's thousands of different ways to to make it. There's thousands of different ways to be successful, right? You might not be an incredibly talented basketball player like Michael Jordan or LeBron James, right? You might not be the best person in mathematics or whatever. You might not be able to start companies like SpaceX and Tesla, right? But everyone can get in where they can fit in and you don't need to be amazing at everything. You can find your thing and you can get really good at it. You can get really good at multiple things. And you can have a real positive impact on people, even just by having conversations. That's what's amazing about this podcast because we're, we're sitting in this room. It's just us, right? It's just it's yeah, two yeah, people yeah. in this room. But due to the magic of modern day technology... It's a leveraged task. Yeah, we can, we can have this conversation and rather than it just staying within this room, it's like, great, we can record it, put this on the internet and you don't know, I might say something, you might say something, which just plants that seed for someone, which makes them go, you know what? I can I can be more. I can I can do more. I can I can help people. I can influence yeah. people. I can travel around. I can do this. I can do that in whatever way. It doesn't have to be not everyone wants to be famous or wants to be some multi multi-millionaire or billionaire or something, but no matter where you are, we can all always do better. None of us have hit our potential mentally, physically, spiritually, relationships, finances, anything. It's not even possible to fulfill your, fulfill your potential. And, and, and that's you, exciting. And, and you're not, the, here's the thing. You're not even meant to. No. Like there's an infinite amount of things that, uh, that a sovereign human being can go and do. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you are a sovereign hu- human being. Some people try and tell you you're not, but yeah. you are. And it's your choice how you facilitate that but the, but there's always a there's always got to be there's a cost of it mm-hmm. and the cost of entry is if you do this over here sometimes you can't do this over here yep. if you say yes to this you might have to say no to this if you do you know what i mean there's always mm-hmm. there's always there's always a cost associated to everything and it's just about knowing what cost and what price you're willing to pay at all levels of your life mm-hmm. and what you will and won't accept yes and that's what that's where i think people get it but get a great line. They've got the news on too much mm-hmm. and they're getting indoctrinated into that space. And then all of a sudden they're in a whole different world. Yeah. You know? Well, I think a lot of what I do, and I don't think I've ever articulated it this way before, but if I think of a lot of what my message is, it's trying to encourage people to switch their locus of control less externally and more internally. Right. So we live in a world where there are infinite things that we do not have control of. From, from, from the weather to all the inner workings of, of governments yeah. to other people, other human beings, and so on and so forth. And the world is, the world's, the world's 
confusing. The world's potentially dangerous. It's, it's potentially confusing. There's all these challenges. There's things you have to deal with. The human experience in itself is full of struggle and hardship. 100%. Right? Even if you're blessed enough to be living in this modern time, in, in a westernized or modernized country, and you have access to all this amazing uh, technology and so on, there's still some very fundamental aspects of the, of the human experience, which are, which, are, which are heavy and which are full of struggle. Every single person that we know is going to die. All of us are going to die, right? And, and, can, well, I, and, can, I, <laughs> and can I just include in that, yeah? humans are the only people on the planet that actually know they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? like, yes. So, so what I mean by that is, no animal. I don't. Animals don't know they're going to die, and like so we're we're, an we're, point, yeah. we're the only ones that are conscious enough to know that when we get to eighteen years old, we have an expiry date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and, that, and that's the and that's the most. So, so that means that no matter how great your life is and how wonderful, there are certain hardships and tragedies and struggles that zero people are able to avoid. And I don't say that to be morbid or to be negative at all to me that's actually positive right in a way it's like what better motivator right well how, how can you i get asked a lot about motivation i'm sure you get asked a lot about motivation i'm like how can how can i not be motivated right i've got a limited amount of time here on this earth uh, as does everyone around me and everyone i ever encounter i've got a an ability i've got various abilities and, and talents and I can connect with people and I can reach people and I can be creative and I can do this and I can do this and I can share this knowledge and that knowledge. Okay, so let me, let me, let me go do it, right? Let me go do it. Why, it, it to me, it's actually almost, it, it's almost an ethical issue to me, actually, because I think it would be unethical to hide your talent and ability to positively influence and help other people or share knowledge with other people, and just to keep it all to yourself. If there's something you've learned in your journey, share then I'm it. like, yeah, sh- share it, right? You've got the light, sh- share it with that, so other people. Well, every time you get through some hurt in your own life, mm. you now have the ability to help others get through that hurt in theirs. Exactly. So if you, if you, if you talk about like even the masculine and feminine energy, right? When I, when, when I was going through some parts of my journey, uh, there were times when I was wounded with the feminine energy because I didn't feel loved by my mum at the time. It wasn't because she didn't love me or whatever. It was because I felt that there was a wound there, you know what I mean, because of, my, because of the way I interpreted it. So when I, when I went through breath work and, and, and meditations and mindset work and all this kind of stuff and, and healed that part of me, that now allows me to help other people heal, heal that part of them for themselves. Yeah. And if I don't talk about it, and if I don't, if I don't shine a light on it, mm-hmm. you can't facilitate that conversation to happen. You can't stimulate others to, to make change. Yeah, exactly. And so my message is like, yeah, we're, we're all different. But if everyone had that approach and that attitude, man, that's how we really change the world, right? Not yeah. just by uh, you know, screaming and ranting and raving and shouting all the time, whether online or offline. But what about if you go and you do that inner work yourself, right? We all have inner work to do and you do it and you share your journey and you share your experiences and you encourage and inspire and motivate other people and everyone were to do that in their own unique and different way, then I'm like, man, that's probably the closest that we're we're ever going to get to some type of utopia. It's not going to come from, you know, just yelling at the government and voting. Um, you know, that's the external locus of control again, right? If you think about the amount of time and energy and emotions that people put into things that they really have very little control over, 
very little control over. And I'm just like, look, I, I get that. All of these things have their, have their role and they're important. I'm not here saying, oh, you know, don't, don't vote or don't engage in politics. I, I engage in politics, political conversations myself. But I recognize that whoever is in 10 Downing Street or the White House or in the Houses of Parliament, they're not going to make or break me, right? I'm, my, my life's success and that of my, my family, my friends, and so on. It's down to you. It's, it, it's, it's, down, it's down to me. It's down to families. It's down to community. Um, you know, barring, so, barring a, a genuine dictator or some type of madman who comes and completely, you know, crushes, <laughs> crushes the population or does something crazy, it's kind of a sideshow. And it's an entertaining sideshow sometimes. But it can devolve into this thing where it just becomes a sports match. And people are just, you know, they pick their team, they pick their side, and their whole life becomes dedicated to promoting that very narrow cause or party and attacking the other one. And you, I'm sure you, you've well, seen people like this. The, the, the thing is, here's a, here it is, straight down the line. When you, politically, you'll vote how your parents voted, right? Because that's subconsciously taught to you in a lot of cases as well. So a lot of people, 80% of people just vote for whoever their parents vote for. A lot do, yeah. Right. The second thing I want to say is like, you know, people people never question why they believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it, the, the need to they need to sometimes you just need to go. Hang on a minute. Where did that actually come <laughs> from? Yes. Who who? Because I, I I've I'm sure you've been through times in your life where you've seen certain cultures or certain things and you resent it mm. and you think to yourself why mm. Where, where's that been taught and that 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 might have been from your uncle peter down the road who had a, <laughs> who had a problem because he because one of them shoulder barged him in the pub mm-hmm. and you've and now you've taken his connotation of of a whole race of people or a whole culture and and just and just got a, got a, a wall up now yeah. because of that it's all those kind of things. It's like breaking down that and it's breaking down your limiting beliefs on, on money and stuff like that mm-hmm. because your parents might, you know, if your mum's told you that money's hard to come by mm-hmm. and she's told you that all your life yep. and she's kept telling you, mm-hmm. oh, be safe. And your friends tell you the same. Be safe. And your TV tells you the same and most people you encounter tell you the same, then it creates a scarcity mindset. What's your thoughts on this, right? Everyone thinks that a job is safe. I think that's the most unsafe position you could ever be in is in a job because you're reliant mm-hmm. on someone else to to pay you. Yeah. I think that I think that's the most unsafe position to ever be in. Man, I I'm glad you said that. I agree with that greatly and that was part of what made me that's something I realized pretty early. Um in my early 20s. I mean, even when I by the time I I was doing my music and then had been, you know, promoting and selling my music and so on on the street and then when I was in the corporate world for the couple of years that I was in it, you're right. I, I didn't feel, I, I never really bought the myth that this is safe and secure. It, it, it is in a way, it's kind of an illusion. It is sort of temporarily and short term. But if you're someone who, val- it, again, it, it comes down to what you value, right? And I think to your point, this is something a lot of people don't think about. I think a lot of people don't think about, okay, what are my actual values? What's my value hierarchy? Yeah. Right. What are the things that I really want to prioritize and achieve in life? Right. You could take different categories. You could take, have a, you know, money, income, and finances could be one category. Uh, physical health and fitness and well-being. 
uh, family and relationships, uh, spirituality and religion, uh, charitable giving and philanthropy. Right? You could come. Up, I don't know. You could come up with five, five to ten categories, for example. And a lot of people don't take the time to think. Okay, wait. What's actually important to me? Another big one there: uh, freedom and autonomy. Right. So, because as you said earlier, it's always going to be. There's always going to be trade-offs. There's going to be trade-offs and there's going to be sacrifices. You can't do and have everything all at the same time. But you have to pick what matters the most. Yeah, you have to work out what's your priorities, right? If you're, some people are, some people are very motivated by money. I'd argue most people aren't, right? It's important, but it's not the top of the hierarchy for some people. So if it's not the top of your actual value hierarchy, but you're treating it and chasing it like it is, you're going to be miserable because you're, you're going to end up sacrificing uh, family and relationships and perhaps your own health and your own freedom and your own autonomy because you're, you're trying to get, you're trying to maximize your income, right? Not just earn a good income, but you're, yeah. you're trying to maximize it. So you're, you know, jettisoning these other things to the side and sacrificing these other things in pursuit of that. And you're, that's going to cause some type of disconnect. If you're someone who genuinely, okay, that's your top priority, then it's like, okay, cool. But I think so many people just go with what they're kind of what they're told. They're just kind of on rails. So they're like, oh, okay. Oh, well. And I remember this well, because I remember I, I, I went to an amazing university. I went to Oxford. And so, so many people, I remember when we were graduating, you know, 20, 21, some people 22. I remember so many people wanting to go and going into investment banking just because of the, the paycheck and the bonus, right? And for some people, for a small percentage, that made sense because that was actually the thing that was their main priority at the time. But for other people, it wasn't. And then they went into it and they turned out, they, they're like, oh, wow, I'm spending you know, 80, 90 hours a week doing this thing and I'm missing my weekends and I'm not, my health is starting to decline. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I don't even have time to see my friends. Yep. I'm, Saturday, I'm still in the office and so on. And that leads, to, that leads to misery. So for different people, I think you have to work out what it is you prioritize. So for, for, for example, myself, I would certainly say that I value my, my health. I value my relationship with God. I value my personal principles and ethics, my family. I value my personal freedom and liberty and autonomy more than I value money. More than I value money. Um, So even when I think about money, it's often, I think about it actually through the lens of the things that are the higher priority, right? So when I'm thinking about money, it's like, oh, okay, I want to have, I want to be able to, I want I value freedom and autonomy a lot. And I want to have the ability to move around and go to different places and not, not be restricted and constantly having to, oh, do I have enough of my account to do this? Do I have enough to do that? I don't want to be reading a menu and I'm there working out, oh, can I, can I afford this? I, I'd like to have enough money and not have to think about that, right? I know in the future, um, I want to have a lot of kids. I want to be married. I want to have, ideally, Lord willing, I want to have at least five children. So even though right now I'm, um, I'm not a married man, but I'm already thinking yeah. Oh, okay. That I know that's something that I want to do and achieve. So when I think of money, I'm not even thinking like, oh yeah, I just want to have like this flashy thing or this material thing or this pair of shoes or whatever. I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool. I want to save and invest and earn so that I can have that life in the future that I want and I can pass that on to the next generation. 100% I feel you on that because on in 2019, when we both started podcasting, 
for the first time, I sat there and thought, who do I want to be? Mm. And how do I want to turn up to the world? Mm. You know, and how do I want to be remembered? And how do I want to move forward? And it's like, use your voice for that rather than just going around doing doing the normal thing where you just go chase cash, mm-hmm. you know, have have a f- you know a few hookups a week on on these date dumb dating apps and mm-hmm. just it's just a big waste of life, a yeah. big fugazi that everyone teaches you is what young men are meant to be doing, you know, mm-hmm. young men without purpose, without a vision, without a bigger bigger no- and I've always kind of had that, but I got steered off a path, yes, you know, and I think that a lot of the stuff and a lot of the things that yeah, I feel as men, we are re- fucking responsible to show women the way forward as well, mm-hmm. because that's that's kind of that's kind of our responsibility as men. And the only way that that happens is if you if if is if you take that sovereignty back and you kind of see right, you've been put here for a fucking reason. Yes. What is the fucking reason I have been put here? Sit there in front of a pad and fucking figure that out. Mm-hmm. You figured it out. Mm-hmm. I've figured it out. We both figured it out different times, different things, different places, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But we've both sat there at one point in time and had a fucking realization there's something more for us here. How do we want to be? How do we want to turn up? Yeah. And it's amazing what's happened in both of our careers and lives and things that we do. It's amazing what's happened since we made that decision. When you think about it, you've yeah. been on Rogan. Yeah, right? twice. Twice, right? You've been on Rogan twice, but there was a time in your life when maybe you didn't think that might that that might be the case. Uh, no, I always knew I'd get on there. What you always knew you'd get you'd uh, from, from as from, from as long as I became a fan of the show, I was like, I'm going to be on that in the future. Fuck yeah, I knew it. How, so what age were you? It. What age were you in? Uh, I guess I I guess I started listening to Joe around probably about six years ago or so. Probably around six yeah. years ago is when I started. Yeah, probably 2016 but, or so I started listening to his show. But but that was after the point in your life probably when you'd had that premonition of there's more to life than mm. than what the, um, what it is and, and kind of to re- what I'm trying to say is yeah. that was that was after the fact of you realizing that there, that that you had a bigger purpose than what mm. you were doing at the time is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's when you figured it. Yeah, I'm ble- I'm blessed and fortunate that I I figured that very early. Yeah, I figured that in my teens. Right in my in my teens, I I mean I released my first album at nineteen, and you know from early I was just like I don't like it. it, it the, my understanding of the world and obviously my experiences have expanded and deepened over the past you know fifteen plus years, but I knew from very very early on, okay, I'm not. You know, it's it's, it's I guess a lot of people feel like they're different in a way. But with me, it was also like, okay, I know what I want to do because I've got this creative talent and I'm making music. So I'm already, I'm already doing this thing. I just want to do it on a bigger level. And then it was like, I know why I'm doing it because I'm driven by, I've, I've, I'm really, really driven by wanting to help inspire and motivate other people. Like that came, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's something that was just like within me. Um, my, my, the actual translation of my full name means God's decision. Wow. That's the meaning of my name. And I don't take that lightly. <laughs> so, may, so maybe I've had some chip on my shoulder or something from a young age because my, my name literally means God's decision. So I'm like, okay, I can't have that name and just be chilling in a cubicle, like, you know, pushing around some papers or something. Like, I need to make a dent on yeah, the world. You, you I need, need to have an impact. You need to have meaning within what you're doing. But yeah. 
let's just strip it back even further, right? Okay. Because you're not, you're not what I, for my Australian audience, you won't understand this, but I'm going to, I'm going to articulate it for you. English, you'll get this, right? You're from Luton. I'm from Peterborough. You've gone to Oxford University. You're a very articulate man in the way that you're spoken, right? In the, in, in, in word and how you communicate. You are not the typical rapper, as far as I'm concerned, because the typical rapper comes off the harder state. He's a creative. He's a visionary. He speaks words into pain and gang culture and all these things, and, and that's how he articulates rap music, mm-hmm. right? But you, but you, you're 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 of a completely different way of being than all that. So I I I, I want to know how someone someone who's so educated yes falls into rap music that's an interesting question um well i think i don't think it's uncommon firstly maybe it is for i mean rap music is popular amongst as you know across all yeah i, I love rap all music. demographics love right music, across yeah. all different social levels and demographics like rap is an extraordinarily popular form of music especially amongst younger people like say people on you know 35 and under 40 and under um and so i just i became a fan you know i started as a fan when i was 11 12 years old in boarding school my older brothers used to listen to listen to rap but i wasn't really a music fan until i went to i went to the uk for school and then you know i just fell in love with hip-hop and rap music as as a fan as many of my friends and people around me also did and then when I was in university, I started rapping. I just began as a hobby, just began as a hobby. I used to draw a lot as a child. So drawing used to be my main thing. When I was a child, I actually wanted to be a professional cartoonist in the future. That was my initial dream. And then I fell in love with making music. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is something that I, I, I can do. I guess I had some latent, latent talent there. And, and then also when I started doing it, I just... My thing has always just been about authenticity, right? I'm just going to be myself, right? So if you go back and listen to my first album, you know, I've literally got references to the fact that I'm going to Oxford University and so on in there, right? I was never like, oh, I'm going to, let me just try to mimic what yeah, these other yeah, all yeah. these other rappers are talking about you're not going to talk stuff you, and so you, on. I was not like, going to talk about life on the estate no, if you've no. not been on the estate. No, that would be so lame. That would be super lame. I was just like, no, let me just be me. And that's still my approach and my genuine fans and supporters and followers love and appreciate that on all levels because they know that I'm just genuine and I'm authentic and I don't say things that I just think I'm supposed to say and I don't pretend to be something that I'm not and you know some people don't like that and it's like you know I learned from early on just to be okay that's fine you know there's people who no matter what you do if you get some degree of attention for it people are going to criticize you it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if it's music or anything outside. Some someone's going to criticize you. Oh, you know, it's oh the music's not hard enough. It's not street enough. It's not oh I don't you know. There's people who there's people who don't like the fact that I don't swear. There's people who love the fact that I don't swear. There's people who don't like the fact that I speak very clearly and articulately and eloquently. Some people are like, oh no, it's too it's too clean. It's too polished. Other people are like oh no, I like that because I can I can actually understand it and I can play it in the car with my children and so on and I don't have to worry that they're going to pick up some nasty messaging. Um, you know, that, that's always going to exist. The criticism is, is always going to be there. And I'm glad I started my music relatively early in my life because that, and then going through the whole grind of selling my CDs on the street, I sold over 25,000 albums 
out there on the street. It's amazing. Right? Hand to hand. Hand to hand. Do you know how many people you have to talk to to, to, get 20, to, to sell? Yeah. To, 20, to get 25,000 <laughs> 25, yeses on the streets of England yes. is the hardest place to get 25,000 yeses. You know how many hours. people you got to talk to. I've, yeah, spoke, I've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people. So oftentimes now with what I do now, sometimes people be, oh, how do you deal with all this stuff online? How do you do? And I'm like, dude, like I spent a decade plus just out there talking to people, being ignored, people saying no, getting love, getting hate, getting ignored, repeat, repeat, repeat. And, you know, I've been to Peterborough so many times. I kind of, I, I know, I know pretty much every city. I know the city center of like every city in the UK. Like someone could come up and ask it's, me for it's, directions. It's, 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 am, I know. it's amazing how close <laughs> me and you used to live. Like really. Yeah. It's literally like 45 minutes away in the UK. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been through that. And something that's interesting in this world as well is that we all have, how would I put this? You, you have to kind of, if you want to be successful and you want to develop your character, and I think this goes for both men and women, but I think especially as a man, you have to endure you have to endure some type of struggle or hardship either just by dint of you know what you were born into in your life and or you have to create it right yeah, you you, yeah. you have to create it so even if you are pri- quote-unquote privileged which is a bit of a strange and loaded term these days right you still have to if you want to develop yourself i mean if you want to be one of those people who kind of grows up with a silver spoon and never encounters everything and your personality doesn't develop and so on. That has its own problems. But if you want to develop yourself mentally, physically, or so on, you have to you have to have challenges. You have to have challenges. You have to go through some type of hardship. Every, if you go to I mean if you want to improve take take an obvious example, physical fitness. Right? If you want to be physically in shape, either you have to just okay, you you just work like some real hard manual labor job and you're you're a farmer or you're working construction, whatever, and just the day to day of what you're doing is keeping you in good shape. But if you are someone who just works a cushy office job or who just uh, is, is a YouTuber or a podcaster and you can kind of sit around on your computer most of the day, then you have to go and create your own artificial hardship just to stay in shape, right? You have to go to the gym yeah. and, or you have to go out for a run and you have to lift weights and you have to do this and do that. And it's, um, it, it's an interesting thing. I almost view it almost like a, sometimes I, I see life kind of like a video game, right? Like you, you're, you're your character, and you can go there and, you know, you can increase your intelligence and increase your strength and increase your knowledge, increase your charisma, do this, do that, you know, build up credits and, you know, interact with this person, that person, go on different quests, different adventures, different journeys. And every time you do that, you become a little bit better, right? Every time you, you travel, you, every podcast episode, you get a little bit smarter. You understand yeah, yeah, the world yeah. a little bit better. Every the time you're just elevating, elevating. 100%. The, the, the podcast and everything it can do to enhance your your speech your listening ability most important your listening ability when knowing when to shut the fuck up is very important in life because can i ask you something yeah have you do you notice a difference when you're doing a podcast with someone who runs a podcast versus someone who doesn't because i find when i talk to fellow podcasters it's um you get you get less I- interruptions and it's more it's more clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from yeah. because a lot of the guests probably aren't as versed at the pause. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of that 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 podcasting is an art, as you well know, yeah. as you well know. To get to the 
you know, I, I suppose, you look at someone like Joe Rogan, top 0.1%. Mm. Me and you, top 1% going towards where, hopefully where Joe is in the future, right? That's kind of, to get, but to get to that, there's there's hundreds of reps in between that yes. you have to you have to put through. The one thing I want to know, and the one thing I'd love you to teach me and teach the audience as well, is how to did did you start swearing and then then and then quit swearing, but you've no, never sworn, never, so, not in real life, nor my music. Yeah, yeah. See, oh, I want to. I don't want to swear anymore. Okay, interesting. Why? Because I think it 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 lessens. You, I don't think you actually need it, and you. And it, I think it's a lower form of intelligence. And I'm not. I'm not a lower form of intelligence. Mm. So when I swear, I feel. I kind of feel in myself. I'm like, Frankie, oh, you didn't really need to put that filler word in there. Mm. Sometimes I think he can punch nicely with some of the things that I say, and, and it knocks a point home. It shows. I'm, when I get passionate, I kind of drop an f bomb in there, mm-hmm. and that comes from a culture of being in in a boxing gym. And then it came from a culture of being on site, working on site in England. Yeah. Whereas, whereas they're very unhappy environments in a lot of cases. There's a lot of hardship in a boxing gym, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you. You're getting paid terrible money on a on a site doing what I was doing as a carpenter back in the UK. So to make it entertaining, you're having banter. And what does the banter entail in England? It's an f bomb and this and da, 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 do you know what I mean? You know how it is. Sure. And I just thought to myself, well, I've thought to myself in the last year and a half that I'd like to really clean that up because it's it's I just kind of feel like it's an unnecessary thing that we've got in society that's interesting I agree with you um I I think uh I think swearing is unnecessary it's literally unnecessary because I, I don't do it and I, I manage fine without it but in terms of how one would I'm actually it's it's interesting because I'm, I'm trying to think of how one would get away from it I, I think it would be because it is an addiction yeah, I think, but here's, here's what's interesting is I'm sure that, I mean, if, if you came to my house for dinner, I'm sure it would switch off, right? You know, if, for, if you came to my house and my parents are at the table, yeah, so, so I know, I know, I, I, had, <laughs> I had the founder of Reebok on the podcast, uh-huh. and I noticed because of the, the environment that I'm in, yeah. the language Changes. levels. Whereas if I'm with a young, young guy, <laughs> A young guy who's who's then it's like I've it's mm. like I it's, I bring myself down. I'm like, why do I do that? Yeah, it's interesting because most people, even those who swear a lot, can switch it off, right? Like if they're on TV or they're it, or there's children around. But or I, they're with, I don't want to switch it off. I want to stop it. Stop com- it completely. Stop it completely. Yeah. yeah. And I just I just thought maybe you'd have some insights into that. I, I do. I do. I, it's not something I've been through myself. But what I would think is that it's like trying to remove the likes and ums and ahs from your podcast i'm sure when you first start started your podcast you noticed there's some type of brain fart that you're doing too much for me it's you know and like and i i'm still conscious of it when i'm speaking whether on a stage or in a podcast i try not to say like 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 too much or you know or some people you know what i'm saying or in it or right like different people have their things and most of us are not very conscious of it but if you do podcasts or something like that and you listen back to yourself you notice it and over time you can reduce it so i'd imagine it's probably similar it's just being conscious and aware of it and when you do it just noticing that you've done it and then over time 
decreasing Elim- it. Eliminate. Yeah, just, just decreasing it until it gets to the point where it's something that's very rare. Yeah, because I was conscious of the fact of not beating myself up about it. Yeah. Because a few times in life I've done that about certain things, mm. and that doesn't help me improve it. And it's just a case of gaining insight from people like yourself that, that don't do it. I mean, here's the thing. I don't drink. Never done never done drink, never done drugs, mm-hmm. never smoked. Mm-hmm. So people say to me, how do you do that? Yeah. And I always, I'm like, well, I've, I've, <laughs> I've had a self-belief in me since I, was a, since I was a child that I don't need this and I don't need that. And that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know, I don't really know what else I can tell them. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's probably similar to you with, with, with telling me about swearing and it's like, you've never done it. Yeah. So it's 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 probably really hard to articulate. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky, and it's interesting. I don't I don't drink either. I've never never done any drugs. Um, I think that. I mean, here's something that's interesting, just linguistically, is that we have both an active vocabulary and a passive vocabulary, right? So you have passive vocabulary is all the words you know the meaning of. Right, so if you're every book you've ever read in a text or heard in a conversation, right? Our act, our passive vocabulary is way bigger than our active vocabulary. If you think of the words you use day to day, it's probably only ten, twenty percent, thirty percent of all the words that you know. Right, you're not going to go and start speaking in prose that would be in a novel, just in a podcast, or when chatting with a mate or something. Or you're not going to go and use all these weird scientific or technical terms when not humans optimize for simplicity yeah yeah and that's what communication is about because it's about being understood it's not sitting there and using all i mean if i even look at the words the vocab i use in some of my music and as a rapper when you're making things rhyme and you're playing around with it a lot of that is not stuff i use that much day to day so i think that coming back to the point around swearing and profanity i think that our brain obviously prioritizes stuff that's in that active vocabulary zone. And I think if it can somehow be, I guess, pushed back to the passive by lack of use, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of shooting in the air here. I'm, I'm guessing here, then it's still, it's, it's there, right? Like I obviously, I obviously know every swear word under the sun (laughs) and I I know what they mean. I even know ones in various languages, but they're, none of them are in my active vocabulary. Yeah, you never not, have you, been. So even if, I, even if I stub my toe, even if something crazy happens, the natural word that I'll reach to is not a swear word. Whereas for most, maybe not most, but other people, certainly people who swear a lot, the, the immediate word that's there is like, you know, the F-bomb a, or whatever. It's a subconscious, subconscious thing that you've got to be... That I'm raising my awareness to it, and yeah. as as I as I go along on this journey, and I raise my awareness more and more and more, and I speak to more and more people that don't swear, mm. then I will naturally reduce. Yeah, it's it is also environment as well for sure. And in Australia, yeah, well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're famous for it. Every every second, like the c word here is like you. If you said to your mate, "Hello, hello, mate," it's like that. They they replace mate with the c word, and yeah. it's like, well, what, what what can you do? You know, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. But but it's, it's just interesting. It's an interesting um, road to to go down for me because I'm like, well, that's it. That's amazing that you've never sworn and you've been a rapper. Yeah, and. Well, as it, as I say, in I my, you can't even get him to Oxford if you swear. Anyway. <laughs> oh, people, people swear in Oxford for sure. The the thing is, 
there's um how do I put this? As I said, I, I'm the same person through different platforms. I'm the same person in my music as I am on a public speaking stage, as I am on a podcast, as I am with my friends, with my family. Certain things may be taken up a notch, right? If I'm going to go on stage and perform a song, I'm going to be more hype and more, you know, amped up and coming across even more confident than I am just chatting with you because I'm performing. But I'm fundamentally the same person. I'm not... There are, there are lots of different types of musicians. I mean, there are musicians who have personas, right? They have a persona. They go on stage. I mean, some yep. of them will even put on a costume or a mask or makeup or something. And there's this... There's a character. Yeah, there's a, there's a character. And some people play that character. And with me, I'm just... I'm, I'm Zuby. I'm Zuby through and through. Um, anyone who's met me in real life... <laughs> people always say anytime I meet even here in Australia where I'm meeting all these new people some people are like man like you're just you're you're the same as you are online or in interviews and so on I'm like yeah I'm, I'm the same I'm not putting anything on I'm not performing all the time and so because I don't swear in real life it would be fake for me to go into the yeah, studio. Yeah. If I went into the studio and I would just suddenly start, started swearing, I was like, whoa, that would be really weird because it's like, bro, you don't, even, you don't even talk like that. Like, that's, that's really weird. What would you say then to my audience? Some of the audience might be playing a character that's not congruent to who they actually are. Mm-hmm. And they might be living that life with their partner. They might be dating a partner that, that they... And being a character to this partner, mm. and that's why they've attracted the partner. They might be doing it to their family. They might be doing it to their friends. They might have they might have certain ilk of friends because they're playing a part, playing a mm. character. How, if you were going to give someone a, a a game plan on how to 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 break that false character, break that false narrative, what yeah. would it be? Wow, man, that's a fantastic question. I've never been asked that before. I think the first thing is. Loving yourself. And I don't mean that in some type of cheesy way. I think if you're playing a character, it might be because you're not super confident with who you, who you are, right? You said like in a relationship, right? Like if you're playing, if you feel like you have to play a character that's not your true self in a relationship, then maybe you have some type of inner work to do there. Because you should, you should love yourself. I know lo- loving yourself is uh, <laughs> often used as some type of negative term or slight or throwing shade at someone. Oh, you, you, know, you, oh, you love yourself. It's like, yeah, you, you, sh- you should love yourself. First and foremost. Yeah, first and foremost. You, sh- you, should, you should love yourself and you should have... You can't um, give love without loving yourself first. Agreed. You can't pour from an empty jug. So I, I think that's the first part. And then I think more sort of pragmatically, I think... I think in the sh- I think in the long term deception always has consequences internally and externally. I think a lot of times when people lie or they deceive themselves or they deceive others or they play characters or whatever is because in the short term it can seem convenient and expedient, right? It's I can tell the, I can tell the short term lie to kind of get this thing now and you know, but in the in the long term I think deception and the, the bigger deceptions have bigger consequences. But I think if you lie to yourself and others, then it has real repercussions for you. I mean, internally, if you, are, if you know you're not being congruent and you know you're living a lie and you're saying things that you know are not true and you're acting with certain people in a way that you know is not really yourself and so on, 
I think it does. It does wear on you. I think. It, I think that that that's got to wear. That's got to wear somebody down, and and it might even create this loop where they struggle to love themselves because they're constantly playing this character, and then they feel kind of gross about it, and then they do it again, and it, it kind of goes down this negative spiral. And then also, it's 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 very liberating to to be yourself, to be to be authentic. And I think it frees you. It frees you. It frees you. And you don't need to remember anything. You don't need to. It's hard to tell just one lie. Once you start lying, you have to start stacking them up, right? You lied about this. So now you have to cover it up with that. And then you got to cover that up and you have to hide this from that person. And you can't let that person. It's, it's exhausting. So it, if, it, <laughs> if that's going on in your life yeah, and you're someone out there listening to this and there's certain parts of your life where you're not necessarily trying to lie to lots of people but mm. you're lying to yourself about something you like you're dating someone you shouldn't be dating yeah. you're hanging around the wrong people because you just because you're used to it you're doing things that aren't congruent to you which mm. is not allowing you to the success that you want in business how do they hit the reset button on that wow i i think you start with the recognition man you know you start with that self-awareness of going you know what I want to make a change, right? You're never going to make a change until you decide you want to. It doesn't matter if it's losing yeah. weight, if it's starting to you know, go to the gym and work out, if it's you know, starting a business. You have to decide, first of all, okay, there's something that I'm not happy with and I have the power to change it and I'm going to change it. And you, uh, one, one thing I, I'd love to work out how to instill in more people and something that I think that one is is one of my superpowers is doing just doing what I say, like doing what I say I'm going to do, right? Stand, I, I standing by it, yeah. yeah, and and having a level of like I don't, I don't say I'm going to do something unless I will, right? If I say okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna learn to speak Spanish. A lot of people say, oh, I want to learn a language or I want to do this or what. I, if I say I'm going to learn to speak Spanish, like trust me, I'm going to learn to speak Spanish. If I say I'm going to write, you know, this many books or I'm going to do this many podcasts. I won't say it unless I'm going to do it, right? So I'm, I'm careful with what I say. Like if, if I'm like, I very much avoid doing that, I'll try or hopefully I'll do, you know, even with little things, right? If someone invites me to, someone invites me to an event, someone invites me to a party, if I can't go, I'll tell them I can't go. I won't say, oh yeah, like I'll, 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 I'll be there or whatever and then not show up, right? I'd rather just, I mean, if I genuinely am not sure, I can say, yeah, I'll do my best. If something, if something comes up and I can't go, I'll let you know. But if I'm there, if I'm there, I will be there, right? If, I'm, if, I'm, if I can physically be there, I'll be there. I'm not going to flake on you. And I think there's something that's happened actually. Maybe, I don't know how much of a, I think this is a bit of a modern phenomenon. I think people have generally become more flaky, Right with themselves and with others, and I think some of it is because of technology, because everyone has their phone on them, so you can afford to be more. You can kind of afford to be more flaky than you could in the past. I think before people were better at saying something and just just committing to it. Right? Okay. It's, cool. it's like when we were growing up, and if me and you were meeting in the center of Peterborough, we'd have to arrange to meet yeah. at the at the statue yep. at the time because yep. we'd just organize that off a landline. We wouldn't even have a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then See, you, you have to commit to it because it can't be, oh, okay, yeah. I'll let you know if I'm not there or whatever. So, you know, mobile phones are great, but I think that 
something has happened over the past few decades where, yeah, people have just become more more flaky and less committal, and there's shiny thing syndrome, and everyone's swiping and distracted, and we have, there's so many options, and you see this in everything. You see it across relationships and so on, right? It's like, oh, well, there's there's this person, and there's that person, and there's this opportunity, and that, and that, and that, and, that. You're, and you're just bombarded all day long with all of this info and all of these people highlights and um, yeah, let it motivate you and inspire you. But I think you also have to be cautious of seeing how it's affecting your own, your own behavior and your own ability to focus and your own ability to commit in small ways and in big ways and to do what you're going to say and so on. Was there any point in your life where you thought the grass was greener on the other side in any area of your life and then you've pursued something where you thought the grass was greener and found out that it's not always as green as what you think it's going to be? That's an excellent question. I'm sure the answer is yes. And I'm sure the answer is many, many times. I'm trying to think of if there's like a, if there's like a real significant one that I can, uh, that I can bring up. I, I think we, we all do it. I think we all do it um, in very small ways, sometimes in larger ways, sometimes, I struggle to think of a, off the top of my head, I struggle to think of like a, a great example or story on that particular one. See, I, I, I've got one for okay. you because I get, because when you own contentremoval.com, you see a lot of content that obviously needs to be removed from the internet. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there at the moment that have got spicy links in their bio okay. selling online content. A lot of these people, if they actually sat down with themselves and were honest, don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not congruent with who they are as people. Doesn't sit well with them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't light them up. But they get so addicted to the money and the li- the lifestyle, the cycle goes like this, as far as I'm aware. It goes, sell the spicy content, get bags of money, buy buy things, designer things and other things to try and cheer yourself up for the fact that you've actually done this and repeat the process. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would your advice be to people in that kind of realm of realm of circles? <sighs> wow, man. <laughs> I think it comes back to that vi- value hierarchy thing. I think you have to really think about what are your values and your principles. I, I believe that if you are, if when you live incongruent, to your own values and principles and morals on a deeper level, then it's always gonna it's always gonna nag at you. It, it's always gonna be there. You can you can ignore it. You can act like it's fine. You can try to hide it with you know. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's likes on social media or whatever. But deep down in your heart, you, we I think we all always know when we're doing something. We always know when we know when we're doing something wrong. There's something, there's something innately in human beings. Feel it. Where, <laughs> there's something you, you feel and you're like, uh, I know I'm not, I know I'm not doing it. And we have a remarkable ability to override it, right? We, we, all, we all have that capability. And how much you feel it will vary depending on how, how bad what you're doing is, right? There's some things are, are minor and some things are, you know, if you were going to do something that's really, really wrong, like you're going to have like a whole battle with you know your brain and your heart and so on you'll feel that um and so i think it's important for people to to really s- spend some time with them, themselves and 
just ha- think about that, right? Okay, money. You, you, you brought it. Okay, the thing, the lure is the money for many, many people. And it's like, okay, well, is, mu- is that more important to me than these other concerns I have? Is that more important to me than my moral framework, which this thing I'm doing may not fit into? Is it more important than the long-term impact and my legacy and all, all the other things? I, I, I don't know what that matrix looks like for, for anybody else. But I think when you, when you spend some time, you really, you really work that out, what it is for you, not what it is for everyone else, because different people are wired differently. So if you were going to put, if you said to me, Frankie, I want you to put these frameworks in your life and Mm. you'll operate better as a human by having these frameworks in your life. Mm. And these are like Zuby's top frameworks. (laughs) What frameworks would you put in? What what kind of frameworks would you tell people to put into their lives? Mm. Because if, if you look at our top business runs, a top business runs off frameworks and systems. You look mm. at McDonald's, if they didn't have the systems that they had, they wouldn't be able to operate at the level they operate. They wouldn't yeah. be able to move and they wouldn't be able to create the, 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 the revenues at the profitability that they do. Right. And it's the same with a human. If you look at, if you look at these top CEOs and top people that, that, that they have operating systems that they work from. So if you take an invest investor, just an example, an investor will have, um, say they're investing in real estate, they'll have a, a list, a good real estate investor will have a list of, of protocols that they follow to make sure that the properties or the commercial or whatever they're buying hits those ticks before they go and execute on that property. And if it even misses one, they'll be like, nah, there's something else that will fit the criteria. Mm-hmm. What criteria and what kind of systems can people, frameworks can people plug into their actual lives that you know work on a daily basis? Well, I think you certainly want to have frameworks for different areas, right? So we all need to live, so we all need to make money, yeah. right? Every single person, we have to make money. Like it or not, we all have to make money. So you need some type of job slash career slash business framework. You need something that makes you money or various ones. You need, we, need, we need to take care of our health, right? You need a framework for your physical and thus also mental well-being. These things are interconnected. I think a big mistake we make in society is talking about physical health and mental health as if they're two completely two separate, separate things, compartments, yeah. right? These things overlap heavily. So you need, you need to train, right? You need to physically train. Some people love powerlifting. Some people love bodybuilding. Some people love CrossFit. Some people love doing team sports. Some people love judo. Some people love yoga. You can do a combination of things as well. But you need... You need a you need physical something to keep you healthy and physically fit. Whatever it is, whatever that combination, you need that. Um, you 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 need to be happy, right? I think health, wealth, happiness, right? You need you need to be happy. You need relationships, right? Even if you are an introvert, even if you're someone who's more of a, a loner type, we all need social connections and relationships, right? You need you need friends you need you need family most people want a romantic relationship most people regardless of what the modern world throws at them actually most people still want to get married most people want to have children most people want to leave that legacy and fulfill our biological function um so you need that i mean i'm i'm relatively you know conservative by western standards so i think that the way the best way to do that and to bring children into the world is still to get married and have that framework and have children and so on. Um, and then I think also you need a, 
you need something perhaps overarching all of this. You need your religious slash, I don't really like the word spiritual, but I'll say spiritual framework. Why don't you like the word spiritual? Because I think it's been, it's too wishy-washy and loose these days. I think spirituality and the term spiritual can be, it, it can kind of just mean whatever, it's very subjective and it can it can mean kind of what anyone wants it to mean don't in a way. You, so do you not do you not think though rel- religions mm-hmm. in essence were created at the times as control mechanisms? I don't think so. No, that's not my perspective. I understand that perspective, and that's something a lot of people I know think in this modern era, which is why I think so many people. I, th- I think like, I think in the mod- I think okay. in the modern era they have been used that way. Whether they were created for that mm-hmm. method or not, I think they have been used that way. They can. I mean, look, any any form of ideology or authority even can be used as a control mechanism. And also a control mechanism can be both positive or negative, depending on whether it is benevolent and loving or if it is tyrannical and totalitarian, right? So... um you know, your parents act as a control mechanism when you're a, a child, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. they have they have authority over you, and that could be it, it could if you know if if they're not treating you right, it could, it could be tyrannical and you know brutal and even even violent for some people's cases and so on. But control, I, I think we need to be careful not to control c- conflate control with uh, tyranny. Right, control and tyranny yeah. are, are are not the same. So oftentimes, when you know, it says, "Oh, you know, control." It's like, "Yo, we all need control, right?" You, you self control. <laughs> we all need. We all even need self control, right? If you just have, because I'm a bit, I'm a huge fan of liberty and freedom. Um, I'm also a huge advocate of personal responsibility, right, and self control, because you know, you wouldn't. I don't. I'm not a fan of you know the government or the state. You know, telling you know you must do this, you must do that. Stand here, do this, do this, do this, right? Um, because so, that that's tyrannical, but of course we need laws. We need you know laws of the land. We also need internal control laws. We all we we operate off multiple laws. We have social laws. We have the law of the land. You know stuff you could go to jail for or so on. We also have our internal compass and guides and morals, framework. Yeah. yeah, we have we have our own morals and we and we have our habits and so on. So you know we're we're both very controlled individuals. Right, but the the control itself is not bad. So, I think with coming back to the original point, I think with something with with religion, there's no. I don't. I, I think it would be dishonest for me to say there. Ab, re, absolutely, religion can go to a level and be used in a way where it is it's tyrannical, or it's even used to quote unquote attempt to you know justify or rationalize something har, you know hurting someone or harming someone or, or so on. But I don't. I don't think that's you. I think that's the, you know, maybe. And this may be what you're getting at, which is the the potential human corruption of any I any just, idea I, or I, institution, I just, which I, can happen. I just see a lot of people teaching certain things mm. in life that doesn't, in my opinion, back up what it was created for. Okay. You know, I don't. I don't believe that it was created in certain ideologies that is kind of delivered in can you give me an example just so i know yeah there's a there's a lot there's a lot of 
in Australia specifically, there's a and, and America, there are a lot of these breakaway churches mm-hmm. that are financially incentivized. Okay, and and take people in at their lowest form of 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 feeling. Yes, and turn them into cash cows. That's, yes. that's 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 what and and that's what that's what kind of like mm-hmm. sticks out in Christianity, and then it's like in 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 Islam, mm-hmm. like there there is a radical side to that mm-hmm. that kind of sticks out in certain areas. That that does ninety percent of it, isn't that? It's peaceful, sure, but there is that ten percent. Just like there's these ten percent of these churches as well that mm-hmm. take advantage mm-hmm. of people. Ninety percent of them. Add massive amount of value to people's lives. Agree, but it's just it's just it's just about there. There has to be some control because mm. there's some very vulnerable people in society that get dragged into the the ideological ones, mm-hmm. and then and then <laughs> and then it causes a lot of drama for a lot of people. Yes. That, that's what I'm saying. You just have to be. Yeah, I, I you, you know, have and I, go, you have to go into religion with your eyes wide open of way yes. of where you're picking up where you're picking up the framework to the religion that you're exposed to. I I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And and I think and sadly, you know, human beings can you know, this I mean this is this is a pretty basic, you know, even religious concept, which is that, you know, human beings are a sinful creatures, right? We're we're fallen man has fallen and we're prone to sin and we're prone to corruption. And even things which are good and generally positive and generally wholesome can be can be corrupted. Um, and can be used even to hide corruption or to justify corruption. Um, and I don't think that that's a, how would I say, I don't think that's a fail. I don't think it's fair to deem that like a failure of religion itself. Kind of like how, you know, with any, in any industry, right? We're, 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 we're both fans of capitalism, right? But you'd recognize that in any, in any industry, in any corporation, especially as they get bigger, there's, a tendency towards various forms of corruption or deceit or putting money up, putting profit over people or cutting certain corners and doing certain things that are not right are not ethical, mistreating employees, so on and so forth. So to me, that's a, that's just a human problem. To me, that's something that that's always existed all throughout history in different countries. It can happen in the corporate realm it can happen in the religious realm it can happen in the political realm it can happen just in a one-on-one relationship it can happen at the family level um and it's a shame it's it's a shame but i think that you know when i think of say christianity right and i'm thinking of the the true meaning obviously the central figure of christianity is jesus christ right and if you look at the life of christ and the story and what you're really supposed to learn and take from it I mean, if you were to model your life after trying to walk that righteous path, and your life's not going to end up too bad, uh, yeah, right. Like your that's that's so. I I agree that sometimes, you know, sometimes even within my own religion of Christianity, the the almost the reference point of Jesus sometimes can be overridden by other other things. Right, and people kind of get so much into certain t- technicalities and certain pieces or whatever that they they kind of lose track of. Wait, actually, are you are you behaving in a Christ like fashion? Are you loving your neighbor? Yeah, as as yourself. Are you treating people well, with kindness and so on? People treat religion like they t- that like they treat TikTok videos. 
they they pick out the seven seconds out of the 60 seconds they want to. They apply that to their life and they forget the other 53 seconds of the video, which gave all the context, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's what I find religion to be. I find religion to be a great tool to elevate your life Mm -hmm. if that's the way you want to elevate your life, but only if you've got the 53 seconds of context to the seven seconds you're implementing. Sure. And that's that's what I want people to have. If, if more people had that, I think it would work a hell of a lot better. Yeah, and you know, and it work and it works for bill. You know, the majority of people in the world are religious to some. Vast majority of the world are religious to to some degree. You know, billions and billions of people, and it provides you know, regardless of any criticisms, you know, from a pragmatic perspective, obviously it provides you know purpose, meaning, sense of community, a so called you know meaning meaning of life, and. There's so many positive things, as you've, as you've alluded to, that, that come out of it. Yes, there are excesses. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, honestly, as someone who myself is a Christian, what you, what you talked about earlier, which is people using the religion. They, they, use, the, the brand, they use the brand I, name Christian. I, I think that that is a bigger blow to Christianity than all the atheism in the world. Yeah. Right. I think that the the miss you when when you see pastors or so called churches that are engaging in just financial profiteer when you, when you've got pastors you know here let's pass around the bags you know so I can buy my next Rolex or Rolls Royce or private I have a, I personally have a massive 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 issue with it. I think that undermines the church more than yeah, 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 pretty yeah, yeah. much anything if you are having you know the whole Catholic Church pedo sex scandal right and the fact that people tried to cover it up and stuff like that is to me a a bigger blow than any anything else and i think that as christians and religious people in general need to perhaps be more forthright in the condemnation of that because that's not that's a complete corruption of what it's supposed to be and 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 it's even worse because if it's happening under the banner of the of of the religion then directly or indi- indirectly you're kind of putting anyone who follows that religion as if they're you know you don't you don't want that to be misrepresented so just like you know, every, any decent muslim in the world would not want the the face of islam or the face of muslims to be islamic terrorists they don't want to be freaking isis or Al-Qaeda, right? You don't want, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. what you want to be. So, and, and by the way, this can happen with, with almost, with so many things. It can, it can happen on so many levels where you, you, people judge the, the whole thing based on its worst, as, worst aspects, right? Like that, that can happen a lot actually, where it's like, okay, people do this with so many things. People, people do it with uh, police officers, People can do it with uh, with races or ethnicities, and it's like, oh well, you know. Remember the all co- all cops are bad. Deep, defund the police thing, right? It's like, oh well, you know, th- some cops are some cops are bad and done messed up stuff and have killed people when they shouldn't or you know, brutalized people and so on. So therefore, all of them are bad. And whenever you- whenever that happens, I think that's when again when people need to step back and be be more nuanced in their thinking and think about the potential repercussions of painting that broadly because you can criticize and should criticize narrowly when needed. But if you kind of just 
drop a bomb when you should be more laser focused, then it's not helpful either. All I'm going to say is there's a lot of situations in society, mm. especially in the news, some that you've mentioned throughout that, that are created to take a take your mind away from what's really going on in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, it's very easy to create a narrative of me against you, black against white. It's very easy to create that narrative like there's an issue. Mm-hmm. There's no issue here. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. But it's very easy to get certain people to fight that narrative. Absolutely. Because when you're divided... You can't you, you can't see clearly. No. You can't you can't see what's going on, and there's a lot of that going on in in this world. I suppose we can't go into much depth. There. <laughs> but, we can if you want to. It's your but, podcast. <laughs> but, but but what I what I and what you've got what you've what you've really showcased throughout this the uh, earlier in this podcast is the fact of like and what I really wanted out of you mm. is I want people to be more. For their business, for their mindset, for their personal development and their whole life. You can't change the outside world. You can only change your inner world. Question every belief that you have. Ascertain where it's come from. Ask yourself if you actually fucking believe that. Mm -hmm. And And then kind of... When you figure out whether you do or don't believe it, you can you can move forward from it. But I would question absolutely everything because if I agree. because that that level of critical thinking is not going to do you any harm in business. It's not going to do you any harm in your relationships, and it's not going to do you any harm in your personal development mm-hmm. because you've literally took everything you know and gone. Do you know what? What is it I don't fucking see? What is it I don't know? What because you. Everyone's trying to learn more about external things. I'm encouraging you all to go inward and learn more about who the fuck you are and how you want to turn up to the world. Excuse my language. Sorry. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said that, I was like, ah, Zuby's looking at me. Do you know what I mean? Though? It's, 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 it's like that. It's like when you've you got to figure that out. Yeah. you got to figure that out. It's like, it's like turning on my consciousness to the swearing is helping me already. Because the consciousness is there. It's like, mm. okay, I heard that. Mm. Straight away, I was like, ah, you see, you saw my head go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mean? It's very important that, 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 that people really focus on that internal dialogue because that internal dialogue is what you can really affect. Mm-hmm. When you... Let's, let's talk about money, right? Sure. Money, money to you, energy? Yes. Freedom fighters. So... Do you think money has been weaponized? Ooh. I want to, my immediate question is in in what in what sense do you mean? Do you my, think my, my guts my gut is like yes, absolutely. Because I put out a podcast the other day of a guy that's that's done 60 million dollars and 90% of people are like well done. Da, 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 da. There's always that 10% of people that just want to hate on him. Yes. Right? And when you hate on someone, I, I want people to realise that just because Adrian's done 60 million turnover this year at like 25 or 30 million profit, mm-hmm. 
doesn't mean there's any less money for you because they print it on paper that's not worth fuck all. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language. Do you know what I'm saying? That 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 that's 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 the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like people, can you can you talk yeah. into that? Yeah, sure. Well, I think that hate. I've noticed something. I actually tweeted this today, and I said that any man who is accomplished and happy never feels the urge to hate on anybody. So if you ever feel the urge to hate and tear down another man's positive accomplishments, I can guarantee you, you are, I could probably just leave it as happy, right? There's the, you're, you're, you can't be fully happy and content. So if, you're, if, you're, if you've accomplished a lot of things and you're happy, that, that urge is not even there. Like it always comes from a position of insecurity. And insecurity comes from a position of either incompetence and or lack of success and or lack of genuine personal happiness. Yeah. Right? Because I think something we need to recognize, and I think a good way to remember and understand certain things that happen in the world is that human beings are always vying for social status, implicitly or explicitly. Men do it. Women do it. Everyone does it. Everyone has an understanding somewhat of where they are on various social hierarchies and pecking orders, right? And so that urge to hate is to the urge to tear down another man so that you're more balanced, right? So if I feel like, okay, I'm here in the pecking order and, oh my gosh, this guy's making this much money or, you know, he's got this, you know, great abs or he's done this or whatever, um, I need to... I need to diss him. I need to tear him down because right, there's two there's two ways to 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 do that, right? You you can lift raise yourself up. So those ninety percent, it's like you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna allow this to inspire me. I'm gonna be inspired. I'm gonna be motivated. And I might not even reach that level. I might not even desire to reach that level. You don't need to make sixty million every year, right? Like you know, right? Like that's a very lofty goal. Um, but I'm gonna allow that to inspire and motivate me. And I'm gonna learn from it. I'm gonna build myself up, right? You again, it's that inward inward locus of control and you want to lift yourself up and that 10% who want to lash out it's like well i'm too you know lazy or angry or whatever to try to elevate myself so instead let me just go and attack that guy and that guy and that guy let me go around youtube and leave negative comments let me uh you know oh someone goes passed in a lambo or ferrari oh, i bet he's got a bet he's got a small willy or whatever as if your penis size has something to do with the car you drive right that's that thing and it's it's it have women do it too um i'm more familiar with with the way men do it because as a man 99 percent of the people who hate on me are men right because that's that social jousting you see this all the time online you see it in real life but online it's it's all over the place yeah. right and that's uh that's really that that's what it is so i think that whenever someone feels that urge or feels that that pang of jealousy or envy or desire to say something nasty or to tear down another man's accomplishment um that's something within you it says nothing about that person it actually says nothing about the other person it's about you and you've got to go wait why why am i feeling that way either i need to go out and i need to get on my purpose and mission and achieve stuff and or if you're one of those rare people who's successful and is still a hater that's very rare um, but if you are, then you're, there's certainly something in your life that you're really not happy about that's causing you to lash out. And I think it's great because it allows you to identify what that is and go deeper if you're willing to do the, the investigative work to kind of figure it out. Yeah, and it takes work. 
It is work. I think, you know, the, the theme of so many things we've talked about is that it takes work. It takes effort. It takes, um, it takes mental work. It takes physical work. It takes leg work. It, it takes effort. If you want to be better, if you want to improve yourself in anything, speaking, listening, physical fitness, relationships, money, finances, whatever, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. That's just a reality of life. And I think people should view that as something positive, not as something negative. It's like, that's, that's good. That's good that it takes work. I don't call this a self-development podcast. I call it a self-action podcast. Uh-huh. Because this is all about breaking patterns and flipping perspectives in your life so that you can, you, you can impact your, your mind, your business, and your life, relationships, and everything beyond that. And the only way you do that is, is by taking radical action in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not going to get this. I just, want, I just wanted this podcast, in my mind, to be about how this audience can take back some form of sovereign sovereignty within themselves, take some responsibility for everything that happens in their life ultimately. Mm. And then from the learnings that they get from taking that responsibility, that will make you more money. Mm -hmm. That will enhance your relationship with your family. It will enhance your relationship with your girlfriend, your wife, your future partner, Mm -hmm. your future boyfriend. It'll enhance that relationship. And that all comes from being radically honest enough to, to know that you have shadows, they need to be answered, and if they're not answered now, when are they going to be? Yes. Another thing I want to add to that as well is it will make you happy. It'll make you a happier person, right? If you're someone who is in this negative negative frame, you're in that 10% who sees someone doing or achieving something cool or having something great, and rather than feeling celebratory and inspired you feel envious and jealous and bitter and resentful. If you can get yourself out of that mindset and you do that by taking action, then you will be happier. And when you're happier, other people like to be around you. You'll make better friends. You'll have better relationships. You'll eventually start to inspire and motivate other people. You'll feel better. You'll have more energy. You'll be more motivated day to day. You won't wake up in the morning and be like, oh man, like another day, this sucks and so on. You, you'll, be, you'll be fired up. I get asked all the time about like, I get one of the most constant things I get, you know, I get asked about like where I get my energy from. And how I'm motivated all the time, especially because when I'm traveling and People say that switch, too, yeah, yeah. switching times. And I'm like, I genuinely love my life. I genuinely love my life. And I'm so excited about the future. This might sound arrogant to someone who's not, um, who, who hasn't done this self-work, but to other people, I don't think it will. But I'm so excited about the future, right? I'm so excited. I'm 36 years old, right? Lord willing, I have many, many more decades to do. Like, I'm just getting started. I'm just starting. Like, to me, that's, that's exciting. Like, I'm in Australia for the first time. I've never been here before. I'll come back, and I want to do some shows, and I want to do this, and I'm going to write more books, and I'm going to do more podcasts. I'm going to make more music. Like, how, how can I not be motivated? I haven't reached all those millions of people who I want to yet. I haven't expelled all my creative energy. It's like, cool. Like, I've got so much more I want to do, so much more I want to accomplish. There's major miles. There's major things in life. I, I don't have any kids yet. I I've never been married. I don't have any children. Like, that's a whole chapter. That's ahead of me. Yeah, yeah, And it's, yeah. it's all exciting. So I think if you're excited about your life, and again, you know your mission, you know your purpose, you're excited, you're helping people, other people are helping you, and you're just, just like you can have a negative spiral, you can also have that positive spiral. And when you really hit that stride, 
man, it's a it's an explosion. It's 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 an explosion, and just by being genuinely, genuinely happy and content and excited about your life, um, sadly, not enough people feel that. Not enough people are there, and I'd like to help get more people there. But um, it's it's a great place to be. But the reason why a lot of people won't be there is because of what they consume. What mm. they consume on the TV, what they consume in their mouth, mm. uh, how you know what water they're consuming, how how how, how you, what what you consume and and what you put in your body and how and what you say about other people and if you try and tear other people's houses down that 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 all lowers your vibration as a human. You're walking around with a vibration, mm-hmm. and it's about increasing that 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 field around your body. And the more you increase it, the more abundance you bring into your life. Yes. That's that's an energetic field, mm-hmm. and there isn't there can't be any doubt about that because as as I have elevated, as I continue to elevate, I am witnessing it day by day by day by day. Yeah. You know, the contacts that I get, the ability to be able to reach out to someone like you, you know what I mean? We can get together and have this kind of conversation. It, you know, we can reach reach tens of thousands of people by sitting, by two of us sat in a random lounge room, <laughs> room in Melbourne. Yeah. And we get to, you know, we get to have a conversation that we genuinely enjoy. And then as a byproduct, that, that's a leveraged activity that gets to, that gets to impact people for the next five years or more. Mm-hmm. Probably longer. Forever. Yeah, forever. This, ex- this this conversation lives forever now, and um, you know it's also human beings are reciprocal. So if you if you're a genuinely positive, kind, good-hearted person who back. works and put effort, people are going to re- return that, right? If you if you go to me on social media. And I don't know you, you don't know me. And our first interaction is you you cut someone someone cussing me out or like attacking me for whatever. I'm not going to my natural response as a human being, even as someone who's very measured and controlled and polite, is not going to be it's not going to be positive, right? You've just you've just burned the bridge on approach, right? Which is which is a weird thing to do. And I'm I'm sure if you're doing that with me, you're doing that with lots of other people. Right, if, if that's how you, if that's how you approach things, and and you see this, right? I, oftentimes, if someone writes something that's particularly nasty online, I'll I'll often go to their profile and just look, through, and and guaranteed, eighty percent plus of their content is just venomous. They're just going at people. They're just attacking, 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 attack. And I'm like, I kind of feel sad in a way. I'm just like, man, this you're not. This person's not in a good place. Like you can see it. You're just like this person is not is not. You're not happy with your life, right? So you're gunning at me and all these other people, but what about you take that energy, you take that time? I would imagine, Frankie, that in the past several years, you have spent precisely zero hours hating on random people <laughs> on, the, uh, on the internet. <laughs> I, I have been in parts of my life where I, where I have had deep, dark yeah. problems and issues. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, even when I first started the podcast, okay. because of the background of being around boxing i thought there had to be another podcast i had to fight ah interesting do you you see the psychology of that so they had it's like there had to be an opponent oh that's interesting and i'm because i i guess i was brought into an environment that had a win-lose mentality there couldn't Mm. be no middle ground yes okay okay so whereas now i'm in the mindset of a win-win situation yeah you win i win yeah everything has to be a win-win yeah and that's changed my life, that whole methodology. And it's just, it's, that comes from 
okay, this clearly isn't working for me. Mm. What is it I don't know then? Oh, well, win-win seemed to work well. Okay. Yes. And it's ask, asking, being able to ask high-level people that move in a, in move at a different energy advice and guidance and then being able to distill that to the people yeah that gives me fulfillment so, but it also serves me too it does it, it, because it allows me to see things from a totally different perspective yeah. and then as me you everyone else elevates everyone behind you elevates your family changes your energy around your family you know what the biggest thing is what's that as i as i elevated myself my relationship with my mum and dad changed my relationship with my sister changed. The 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 way the world turned up to me changed. Yep. So basically, like, you are the common denominator <laughs> in all your problems. Yes. Right? And when you take ownership of the fact that you are the common denominator in everything that's wrong in your life, that, again, frees you. Because now you have a framework. Because you know if you improve the one common denominator in every problem that you have... If you just keep working to improve that, improve its health, mm-hmm. improve its improve it, it, its way of communicating, improve improve its relationships with people, improve improve its uh, you know take away the judgment mm-hmm. on not just the judgment on others. Mm-hmm. The judgment on others only comes because of the judgment on yourself in the first place. Mm-hmm. So when you take that away, and then you see how your life flourishes from there. Like I say, people might listen to this podcast and think it's not relative in certain aspects to business life and personal development it's relative in more ways than you can ever imagine because this is this is something that elevates all of that because you have to amalgamate it and, and, and everything's connected nothing is a singular thing i guarantee anybody listening to this if you just go business money business money business money you will have rubbish relationships with your children. You will have rubbish relationships with your partner. You will have rubbish re- rubbish relationship with food, rubbish relationship with the gym because you're just focused on one area. And if you imagine life as a wheel and everything can score 10 points in, if relationships you're a five, business business and money you're a 10, and then and then you know your your the lifestyle you live at the weekends are three, you're not an equal wheel. You can't you, you can't it can't go round. Because you because you're not living equally congruent in all areas of your life, and that's and that should be your sole goal is to increase how congruently equal it is in every area of your life, and and just and just lean into that. Yeah, and alluding to uh, based on what you were saying earlier as well, is it's important for people to re- recognize that there are a handful of things in the world that are somewhat zero sum. You just brought up a good example: boxing, right? You know, if you if the other guy wins, then you lose. Life in general is not like that, right? Boxing, boxing is a bad analogy for life because most things are win-win, right? If someone else is winning or successful, that doesn't decrease your chances in most things. It actually increases it because it shows that it's possible. It shows that there's a market. It shows that this thing can be done and can be achieved. The place you don't want to be is the place where like no one is succeeding, right? You don't want to be in an environment or in a in a society or in a culture where you're looking around, you don't see any successful entrepreneurs. You don't see anybody winning. You don't see any That's where you, you want to be in the place where, oh wow, okay. Oh, look, he's doing that. He's doing that. She's doing that. Oh, wow. Okay. That means that Oh, cool. I can I can I can go get mine, right? If you're surrounded by people who are, oh, you know, working out and training and getting in shape and, you know, losing weight. It's like that 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 doesn't mean you can't. It's like no that 
that increases the likelihood that you can. They're showing you it's possible. You see that guy, oh, he used to weigh 300 pounds. He now weighs 200 pounds, right? Oh, wow. So, oh, that's possible. You can do that. I can achieve that. I can, he didn't do any magic trick, right? He didn't have some potion. It's like, no, he just put in the work. So, you know, okay, if I put in that work, I change my diet, I go to the gym, I exercise, I train. Cool. I can change myself as well. And then the, it's impossible for someone to lose. I, I, I do like, I think the gym is actually a pretty good analogy for life. Um, but what's interesting, and one reason I love physical fitness so much is because you can't, you can't change, you, you can't get a lot, a, a lot stronger or a lot m- more muscular or lose an incredible amount of body fat with the exception of someone, you know, using a lot of drugs or whatever, which still would take work. Um, you can't do that without improving your mindset. You can't because... No, because it takes mindset. It, it takes mindset, to get, yes. to get into the arena. Yes, you, you, and to be consistent and to be persistent and to have that discipline and the focus. But, and if you can do it in that area, you can do, do it, it in others. You can do it in others. And one thing I've noticed, with, especially with business, that a lot of top athletes really struggle in the initial stages. Mm. Because if you imagine a top athlete, a football player used to winning. Yes. Yeah, he might have the teamwork skill down pat, but he's still used to winning. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to win every game. A boxer, he's in a fight. Everything has to be a competition. Everything has, everything's either win or lose. A sprinter, well, if you run at 11 seconds, you're number eight. Mm. If you if you run if you run at nine point nine point eight, you might win that race. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And when athletes retire from being an athlete and then go into the business arena, they approach it as if they're going into a competition again. Mm. But it's not really about that. It, yeah, there's competition in business, but it's different. It's kind of, you've just got to, when, you, when there's competition in a business environment, that doesn't mean that you can't win and I can't win. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's just levels of winning. Exactly. And that, and once you understand the levels of it and the nuances of it, and understand that when you the the key thing is when you understand that money mm-hmm. is abundant, mm-hmm. when you understand that one key metric, the whole world changes for you because then all the hatred towards other people having different goods, what they buy, how they turn up, what clothes they wear, your thoughts on Sharon spending, you know, six hundred pounds on a bag <laughs> just because you wouldn't. It, it doesn't, none of that matters. It doesn't matter. Be- because, because, because you're like, well, I'll just go create that money and spend it on what I want. Exactly. Don't pocket watch. Don't be a pocket watcher. Anytime you're pocket watching, you're, you're messing up because the amount of money that someone else makes should, has no bearing on your on, life <laughs> at all. has no, at, no bearing at, whatsoever. At all. And, and, and I'll say this, you know, as, as, you know, we both know many, many successful people. You know, I've met people worth hundred million, hundreds of millions. I've met people, you know, I know a couple people. I know three billionaires and that is first of all they're they're more normal than people would like to think um they're more normal than people that make (laughs) right yeah i'm telling you and then then, no i'm telling you all 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 that one of the biggest misconceptions i had from when i was a child Uh was that um it's not all about money Mm -hmm. right it was a statement that i was told as a child, not not necessarily by my dad, but by other people, it's not all about money. I think that's a misconception. 
I think it's a misconception. Oh, okay, you think so? So, so no, no, okay. no, no. I, so, so I, th- so basically, when they say it's not all about money, I'm not saying it is all about money. Okay, I'm just saying, but, but, but it, but by saying that, mm-hmm. you're made to feel bad about wanting money. Oh, I money. see what you mean. Do you get what, what I'm saying? Yes. It's, and also, hey, we were having we touched on religion earlier. This is also the most misquoted thing in the Bible. When people say money is the root of all evil. The Bible does not say that. <laughs> the Bible does not say that. It says the love of money yeah. is the root of many evils. Right, okay. That's not the same thing. So when people are like, oh, yeah. the Bible says money is the root of all evil. I'm like, stop. Like, it does not. <laughs> like, that, that's a very, very different statement. One, one of the most capitalistic... <laughs> I, I, I studied... I, I like business. I'm passionate about it. And I like... I like learning how money is made and how money moves hmm. i love that because it's, it's, it's an art form when you understand it how it's made fractional reserve banking all that stuff right i understand all, all of that at a deep level because i research it, it hmm. it's, it's it's just i just like it i like if i'm gonna go and swap my time or or create value in the world to get some paper in the bank or some numbers in the bank i want to know what it is what it is how it's created why why that happens and how to get how to get i want to know how i can maximize the amount of that i can get for the least amount of effort from me because then i can have time to do what i actually want to do which is podcast you know what i'm saying so with all that being said when you when you when you when you look at it and i was i thought to myself right who's got all the money then? okay these Jewish lads seem to be doing all right. So I, I found a very rich Jewish man and I said to him, you're a religious man, but the, Jew, but, the, but the Jewish religion, the Jewish men have a lot of money respective to other people from other religions, right? In, from, from me looking on the outside in. And he goes, yeah. He said, because when we all get together, we all do business together. As well, so we do the religious thing, but we all only transact in that environment. So it's like a, it's just how money moves in in that thing, and that's why they create so much wealth. It's like, whereas in not my not my religion because I'm not religious, but in my sphere of influence, grown up community, community, yeah, that's a great word for it. It's like everyone was working against each other, mm-hmm. and in Western society, we're all taught to work against each other. But if you look at how um, they work in a Pakistani religion, right in Islam and stuff like that, they they work together. They all save and then they buy a house out the out the family pot and then they do that. And they buy a rental and this that and that. And if you look at how the the Jewish people work with money, that tells you a lot about how if you if you got a team of you together, like ten twenty people, and you work together as a team t- towards a common goal, you can achieve way more than if you just kind of work separately, separately, separately. And just when you study how money moves at elite level, it's kind of, that's just one thing I've just noticed. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's so important for people to, some, something I've found interesting is that people can become so egotistical and arrogant that they almost refuse to learn from other people. Right. So you were talking before on the podcast about this guy who, you know, young guy who made you know, 60 million in a year. Yeah. My thing is like, I want to learn from that guy. Yeah. Right. Like, let, <laughs> let, right, let me listen. Let me, let, let me learn. Right. Just like if I meet a guy who can deadlift 800 pounds. Right. Or, you yeah. know, and he, and he weighs, has the same body weight as me. Yeah. Right. 
I want to learn. My my thing isn't. My brain doesn't even go. My heart doesn't even go to like, oh, hating on him. Oh, let me turn down. Oh, I bet he's on steroids. Oh, I bet he. Uh, I bet he scammed people. He's a grifter. It's just like, can wait, you, can like, you, can you? Can you, can you can, <laughs> guys, are you comprehending what we're saying here? Like, this is so. This is you, what you're saying is so true because when Adrian said to me, he sat, sat there in his kitchen and he goes, "I make sixty million a year." He goes, "This is the profit margin." I do this, this, and this, and I've got zero employees, just this many outsourcers. And I'm like, Adrian. I'm like, like, Adrian. I'm like, Adrian, this is going to be a phenomenal podcast, bro. But like, just give me a little bit of an insight into how that actually works. And then he's like, right. I'm like, wow. Okay. Wow. Now I've seen something at a different level of different. I didn't see that before. Do you know what's interesting? Have you noticed as well that, successful people again people who are successful and happy are also happy to teach other people generally speaking and have you also noticed that that not many people um people okay there's there's two types of people there's people that are generally inquisitive like me that want to that want to add value to the conversation as well and ask and willing to reciprocate in some way and then there's people that just want to take information Mm -hmm. But they, they want to take the information but not action anything within the information. So, And they feel like when that person turns them down for the information, it's only because that person's guts that's got this information feels like, what's the point of me saying this for the 60th time this week? I know this person's archetype isn't going to take any action on it. Mm. So I'm not going to give that information like that because I can see from the way that you've pursued the information that you're not going to action it just from just from the way that you've asked for the information in its inherent form so my point being is that they will happily give you the information if you ask for it in the polite respectful manner that you should do and if you give them that common courtesy and respect yeah yeah of doing it and, and and it has to be asked for in a forum in the, in the right forum. Yeah, yeah. You know? of, of, of course, you have to, you have, to have some uh, so, social decorum around it. And also, if they see that you are on your grind, you're on your purpose, you're on your mission. I had a tweet go viral, I think I posted about two years ago, where I said um, something like, if you're, um, how did I phrase it? I said something like, if your car is stuck on the road, if your car is stuck on the hard shoulder on the roadside, and you just sit, and you just sit in the driver's seat, at the steering wheel, waiting. N- nothing's going to happen. No one's going to stop out and help you. If people see that you get out and you're pushing your car, other cars are going to stop and guys are going to get out and help you to push your car. And then I wrote, you know, this tweet is not about cars. Like I worded it more succinctly, right? But if people see that, oh, okay, you are, you're trying. You're putting in effort. You're, get, you're trying to get your car Come moving. Come to the party. Yeah. And, and, they'll, and they'll meet you. Yes. But don't just turn up the party expecting them to give you the the map you know <laughs> yeah. at yeah. least go looking for the treasure mm-hmm. or at least go in the pursuit of getting the shovel mm-hmm. and getting the and getting the pickaxe yeah. and, and, start, and, start and, and start working start working because and see if you can help you know maybe you can help other people and people will people will help you i think it's that's i think that's actually really important to state clearly which is that people will help you in your journey whatever it is you're trying to achieve you're trying to lose weight you're trying to build muscle you're yeah. a newbie to the gym you're scared of the gym because you've never if you go and people will help you if you're trying to start a business and people see you putting an effort and you re- 
people will not every single person is going to say yes not every single person is going to have time but generally speaking you'll be you'll be surprised and pleasantly shocked by the, the that people will want to help you and good people yeah. will want will want to help you and the more value you build up and you offer to other people and it goes back it's all it's all a cycle it's all a circle and when you get around people with that mindset as well it's also a little bit of a cheat code because they also will tend to hang around people with that mindset and then you can meet this person and that person and that person. Yeah, winners know more winners and, you know, you want to surround yourself with winners. Yeah, And winners aren't just people that have won the game of money. I hang around with a lot of people that not only won the game of money but they've won the game of how they approach every area of their life. And I also hang around with people that reflect the kind of of pe of man that I want to be, the do you know what I mean? Yes. The kind of women that I would want to to date. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like it's not that that has to be congruent in your life as well. Because that's that's reflective. It's it success is whatever you want it to be. You know what I mean? But it, it you have to get really you have to get really in in the weeds of how you want it to look. And then when you know how you want it to look, you can start to position yourself by adding value to a network of people in that realm. And then they'll happily teach you anything you need to know along the way to help you facilitate your growth. And they will enjoy watching you be successful. And it, and in most cases, um, there may be some payment you have to make at certain levels of the game to gain access to the party. But a lot of people, when you start to get to the party and start to see your growth, a lot of people won't, it won't be on a monetary exchange basis. They'll just want to, they'll just want to tell you something yes. to do well. It's like, I'll give you an example. Someone rang me the other day and was like, yeah, Frankie, I've looked at your TikTok and, and then da, 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 they told me a load of things. They said, this will increase your virality, blah, 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 told me, right? I went, okay, I get it now. I've just seen a whole new level of being, right? He said, this is how you did 2.2 million on this TikTok. And this is why this TikTok did 500,000. And I was like, holy, I've never seen that before, Mm -hmm. right? So I ring my video guy. I give him this new knowledge that I've acquired and I explain it and I articulate it and I add value to him because now he can... he can put it into our videos. He can put it into other people's videos. Blah, blah, blah. It's mm. great, right? Everyone wins. Win-win. So I've won because I've listened, because I've been willing to, to to think, right, this this guy knows something. I'll listen. I, I, I told the video guy, this is the high-level theory. He implements it. He sends me a video back. We got one today, nearly a million, mm-hmm. right? In literally 24 hours. I'm like, Wow. Imagine, imagine if I was at this age where I still thought <laughs> that I knew best on everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're not going to get results like that. No. But Humility is important. Humility is important. And I think that, um, I, I think a mistake a lot of people make is they confuse confidence with arrogance and they confuse humility with like you know no low self esteem or something like that these are these are not the same so you want to be you want to be confident but humble yeah right in, yeah. in in every in every endeavor right you want to put your best foot forward and show up well and present well and be be competent and have the you know confidence the in the way you carry yourself and the way you speak and the way you 
communicate and so on, but you always want to have that degree of of humility, right? If you're if you're confident but you but you're you're actually arrogant, then you don't you don't learn anything. You yeah, you yeah, rub yeah. people the wrong way, but you also don't learn because you assume you know everything or that you're smarter than other people or so on, and so you're closed off to those new ideas and you're not critically thinking. And so on. So I think that's kind of the killer combo is like confidence plus humility. This knowledge of just like, you know what, I don't, not just I don't know, not just I don't know everything, but I, I don't know most things. Actually, I know I know very little. So this whole podcast we've been talking, I imagine I probably sound very confident in the way that I'm speaking and everything that I'm saying, but it's all backed up by this notion of like, there's very little there's so much I don't know. There's so much more for me to it's, learn. It's a, it's a, you, you, I term it as you have a self-belief mm. and a knowing within you on the topics that you convey, just as, just as I feel I have that too. Yeah. Like I don't try and convey that I know everything, but I have a self-belief within myself that when I talk into a certain space that I believe that if I articulate it in the right way, that it can actually help people in a massive way, move them forward. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's exactly what you've been doing for years as well. You just, the, the, the key thing that you do so well is the fact of like, you encourage people to get more critical on their thinking, which allows people to get the freedom that they want in life. Mm-hmm. Because when they free themselves from this thought, that the world's just this box that they can't get out of that's when it gets gets a little bit more you get more closer to to as you would say heaven on earth maybe yeah it's because because that, because if you want to go religious mm-hmm. not that i am religious you are it's like i think i think what we're living today if you live it with the right attitude and you approach it mm-hmm. with its full with you know bring your full self to the party mm-hmm. you're living heaven on earth yep. because you there is no negativity if you choose there not to be Yes, and you can also create your own little hell, right? Exactly. So even if someone doesn't believe in a literal interpretation of hell, you can absolutely create have, it. You can absolutely create your own little hell on earth if you do the opposite of everything that we're saying, and you just let yeah. yourself descend into this. And dark and and the clear place. the clear thing is, Zuby, mm-hmm. you're religious. Mm-hmm. I'm not religious at this moment in time, but we both respect each other. Absolutely. We both respect each other's beliefs. We've both come to the party and we're both trying to drop some value on the world. Mm. And we both probably sit here with understandings that there's, there's, there's probably nuances about each other that we don't know, which has led us to go one to be religious and one not to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that's the beautiful thing about life is the fact that other people ha- might be completely over the other side of the fence to you. And you can still have a conversation that, that construes so much value without there needing to be any animosity because one's on one side of the fence and mm-hmm. one's on the other side of the fence. I think it's also important to note that you can be on other sides of a fence but still very close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just like there could, there, there, there could be people on you know the, my side of the fence but they're, they're over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And From I'm here. You, you are there. You're just yeah. there over the side. We can shake hands over the yeah, fence. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're way over there, so it's like, well, actually, who am I having more common in common with? And ultimately, I think something that guides us both is that we're 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 looking for the truth. We're trying to seek the truth and speak the truth, right? Yeah. And exactly where the truth 
is on so many things in the world. They look, there's 8 billion people out there. We've all got different perspectives and opinions and information and experiences, which leads us to where we are. But if you are someone who is constantly critically thinking and seeking the truth and trying to move closer to that, then I think that's a great way to orient yourself. And if there was one piece of golden Zuby wisdom that if you could if you if you check out the world tomorrow and this is the only thing that you can leave with the audience to empower them to take them to a new level of being in their life business mindset what would it be it would be to recognize that you are 100% capable of greatness you are capable of greatness you are only scratching the surface of your potential in various areas of your life and with work and effort and diligence kindness and perseverance and persistence, you will continue to move closer and closer to that potential. And that will fill you with purpose and meaning. It will help fill others with purpose and meaning. It will lead to just a much happier, pleasant state of being, personal sense of pride and accomplishment and so on. And so I just wish for every man, woman and child out there to recognize that even if you're, you know, if you're a young, if you, especially if you're a young person, because if you're young, you haven't yet had a chance to achieve stuff, right? You know, yeah. if you're 15 years old, like you're not, no, no one's expecting a 15 year old to, you know, go on and achieve all this greatness, but you have the, you have the potential for it. And even if you're in your thirties, you're in your forties, you're in your fifties, like there's, it's not, it's not too late. It's not too late to get in shape. It's not too late to start that business. It's not too late to get better. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've got this. We've got this life to live. So, man, make, make the most of it. Come, and this is a little bit long, but to loop it back to something we said earlier, life is going to have its tragedies and its difficulties. That's unavoidable, right? There's going to be sickness. There's going to be accidents. There's going to be deaths in the family, deaths amongst friends, and ultimately you yourself are going to go. So why be miserable now? Like when that is not happening, don't waste, don't waste the time when that is not happening to be miserable. I love right? that. Yeah, <laughs> save, save the misery. Save the misery and there's the sadness pl- is, for like when stuff really is. There's you know. plenty of times yeah. to, for you guys to be miserable. It's not, it's not now. A, a lot of you, 90% of you will be going through some beautiful times living in a beautiful Western country where you have every available opportunity to better yourself at, at every turn. Yeah. And I think that's something we've all got to realize and we've got to keep reminding ourselves. But guys, do me a solid favor. If you... If you've hopefully you've got a lot of value out of out of myself, out of Zuby, out of this podcast, out of everything that I'm putting out. Obviously, you know how passionate I am about this. If you could do me a solid favor, send me a message, send Zuby a message, comment on the on on this post on on the socials, share it on your socials. Like, help me get this in as many people's ears as possible. You know, I'm passionate about this podcast and bringing you um, things that shift your life in ways that only could be imagined before it happens so that's what we're trying to achieve i appreciate all of you zuby man thank you so much man for coming on and uh mate i hope you're back in australia soon and guys much love don't forget to subscribe to the frankie lee podcast